This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the NBA D-Ball Breakdown Live Show on the NBA. Uh, sorry, uh, we had a little bit of a wind feel from combo and a nice pleasant sound, almost like ASMR. Uh, but we're, uh, as always, I'm Coach Nick, and I'm joined by Andrew Combo Salop to discuss what's happening in the NBA. Combo, what's going on, my man? Good morning. Good morning, and happy birthday to you. Ah, thank you. It is a birthday for me. Yes, another one in the books, and um, I'm I'm happy to have it. And uh, I don't know. I get to celebrate my birthday on the road starting tomorrow. I'm going across the country to teach my chase defense to a couple of colleges. Very exciting. Well, this is not the New York trip yet, right? It is. I will be in New York um, on uh, Wednesday. Oh, so we gotta have dinner. We or something. Yeah, so we gotta get that figured out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing anything else the rest of the day except getting ready for the trip so we can always, you know, figure that out. Uh, well, plenty of time. But uh, be prepared. We might have some some footage of Combo and Coach Nick together uh, on the same in the same place. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Not virtually, but actually in person. The virtual stuff is cool, but in person is always awesome. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we got to talk about uh, the NBA. And don't forget, if you're out there on YouTube and you want to have your question answered, the best way to do it is with a super chat. It helps us keep the lights on and keep the show going. And we really, really appreciate it. Give you some love. Put the question on the screen and actually answer it. Um, but let's um, let's get going here with uh, with what we're talking about, which is well, I mean, we can probably begin with the uh, what everyone is, is more, most interested in is the Chet versus Wemby game that I just did a breakdown. If you haven't seen it, uh, you go over there and watch it after this, during this, whatever. Um, what did you see the game? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean. What sticks out to me about both of them is the obvious stuff is the size, the skill level, the athleticism, they're unicorns, they look like video game players, but they also have the toughness on top of that, right? And, you know, I talked to Bob Ryan recently, and, like, Ralph Sampson had some of this stuff, but he didn't quite have the toughness of these two, who is, uh -oh. like, somewhat comparable to, like, these guys, but even though these guys are the evolution of something like that, but these guys have so much heart. They're both flexing. They're getting and ones. Wemby running through Chet. I mean, these are you, guys are, you, are you lighting Ralph Sampson on fire here? Is that what I'm listening to? No, no, no not he he, well, he doesn't have the toughness of these guys. I think. How do you uh, listen? You know, I, well, I, I will tell you this: Ralph Sampson was mean, so I don't know if that translates to tough, but he was pretty mean. And you know, listen, he he got his knees wore out on him pretty early. It's like it's not his fault. Um, that, that, was, what, that was one piece. That was one piece of what I was saying. Do you have like a um, a personal relationship with uh, Ralph Sampson that? That I, mean, listen, I asked him why to be interviewed once, and he goes, no. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, but, I heard he has uh, like a bar somewhere or something, right? Or, I have no idea. He's doing these days. Okay. But uh, but anyway, he's, he is one tall, another effort. I mean, the guy, you crane your neck to look up to him. I mean, sometimes, I mean, you know, like the height might, might be Wemby might be taller. I think, he, well, he, he, well, 7'4", and like Ralph Sam's supposed to be 7'4", but yeah, Wemby could be a bit longer than that, but he's got an eight-foot wingspan, uh, Wemby, and um, and uh, Chet Holmgren, who's 7'1", who's has a 7'6 wingspan. It's insane how long their arms are. So, uh, and let me, if people wish some happy birthday wishes, really, really thank you. That's really nice. Uh, let's did see you see here. what uh, Jalen Williams went by him and he pinned it? Oh, I know. Wait, who that did? That crazy. Wemby, like he had like Jalen Williams, who I think is actually a future all-star in his own right, went yeah. right by Wemby. Wemby was facing the other way, like right. totally out the picture, turns. It was almost like that Giannis thing in the playoffs where it's like you wouldn't yeah. even think that could happen. Right. Well, I think the Giannis one was the, the best. Lob, right, that he somehow came out of there to yeah, block. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. That's true. That's true. And uh, I don't think yeah. that Wemby pinned it. He just blocked it, I think, okay. right? Okay. Yeah. If I'm probably having a mental thing that, you know, the only question is would would – the many players who are better finishers than Jalen Williams get blocked like that. And so, you know, I got a little comment on that. And now listen, Jalen Williams is awesome. And I kind of slept on him last year. I apologize. I will not do that again because he is tough, man. I really, yeah. and in fact, he didn't even shoot that well in the game. 
But every time I was going through the footage, I'm like, he he was the makes he was making were amazing. I can't but, even I I can't even think of a big weakness in his game. Like he can really right. do everything. Yeah. But but you know, let's just say there's probably like what 15 guys that can finish better than him, 20 in the league. All right. Well, you're saying what Kyrie probably would have thrown something at him. Well, either that or like you know the, the number of people that are you know would be considered better than him finishing at the rim is got to be 15, 20, and then you know so that's many. That's why I was saying there's many people. You oh, know, so, it's, so not, it's not many, but anyway, that was. They lit but you up because of that? What's that? They lit you up for saying that it could have been one, a better one, one time I noticed it. Hey, but uh, Max Gill, just thanks so much for the uh, – oh, he wants to just know about my uh, the my chat thoughts. I thought he was saying happy birthday. Oh, he did say happy birthday. Thanks so much, Max. And the other comment, Shooter Guy 7 Connor Laird. And then Connor um, gave us a super chat. I, there isn't a question here, Connor, but maybe if you want to throw one in, then I see it in the chat. Um, let's, uh, let's put it up there. I guess we can put this one up here. How about that? Uh, thank you, Connor. Uh, are you more excited for Chet or Wemby? Is it your birthday? So, yes, it's my birthday. And wh- who am I more excited for? That's a really interesting question. Uh, I guess I'll ask. I'll answer that first, and I'll let you weigh in, Combo. Um, I mean, I suppose I'm more excited for Wemby. There just seems to be a little bit more going on there in the background that you can kind of – or not in the background, the foreground. Uh, the one-footed threes, they let, like, they let him post up a little bit, and, and he can pass out of the post, which is exciting to me. So I'm probably a little bit more excited for for Wemby, and I'm also less concerned this year with Chet's uh, frailty. It seems like he's filled out a little bit. His legs aren't so thin, so maybe that's always what bothered me about it, and I was always worried about it. So I, I think that I'm uh, I've gone from severely concerned about Chet's health to like a little worried. What's your take? I think I would be more excited about Wemby, but for this season, I might be more excited for Chet because he's on a better team and he fills a gap that they need. They need that rim protection. They need another stretch big. And I think he's that guy that could fill that role for them right away, even though he's a rookie. Absolutely. Uh, H-Cube, thanks for the birthday wishes. I appreciate that as well. And um, let's see here. Anybody else want to say happy birthday? Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll get you if you say happy birthday in the, in the comments. But uh, I, I agree. And by the way, yes, OKC, I think that they're going all in. To, they're going to ruin some seasons here. There are people in the West who I think assume or plan on making the playoffs who very well will not do that because OKC will take that place. Uh, am I thinking about Dallas maybe? Uh, or what other team could that be? Dallas is not looking good at the preseason, but it is only preseason and they don't have Kyrie. But – I mean, they're going to need some big contributions from rookies like Derek Lively. Like, I don't know. They don't have depth, and they really don't have some experience, I think, that's needed to go deep in the playoffs. But they do have two top-end talents, two of the most talented players in the NBA. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, it, it didn't – I know that Kyrie joined later in the series – in the season last year, but – it didn't lead them to the playoffs last year, and that's a real interesting. Uh, you know, you can't you can't really have seasons with, without Luca in the playoffs. It's really devastating for the NBA's fortunes uh, and for us. I mean, listen, that's when Luca shines. So um, they're I don't know. They're probably going to have to make a trade or something to figure something out. Uh, they want to shore this up. I don't know if they have the the, the pieces for it either. Um, who knows? Maybe you know. Maybe Jason Kidd can figure some things out and. And, and they play above what we predict. But uh, any other Western Conference teams you're worried about that might get uh, supplanted by OKC? Um, wow. So, I mean, look, what are the top teams? The Suns, the Nuggets, the Lakers. Who else do we got there? Who, who would you say right after that? The Clippers, if they stay healthy? Yeah, well, I mean, let's go to let's go back to the last year's standings. Just if, you know, if that indicates anything. So here it was Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, Clippers, Golden State. Lakers, Timberwolves, and then Thunder Pelicans. Man, it's, so, a, deep, it's a deep West. Wow. It's always right. a deep West, right? And the Mavericks yeah. were beyond, below that. Utah was below that. Wait, what so, was that thumbs uh, up? Right? Wait, wait, wait. Is this something new on the live show? Did you see a thumbs up right by your head? No. Did there, was like a little, there was like a little emoji like right here. Oh, I was looking at the uh, standings. Damn. Somebody said something about that in the comments. But I, didn't really, I thought that maybe meant thumbs up on the YouTube side. But, but if you oh, saw it on the screen... Maybe it's in the YouTube yeah. side. I don't know. Um, but, but I don't know. Anybody, please give me some thumbs up. I like my favorite thing about the Google uh, Meet these days is that is a thumb that you know that goes up yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, Pablo, thank you, thank you for the for watching the Chet Wemby video. 
and, and give me some nice uh, comment on that. And again, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's doing very well. People are watching it, but uh, it would be great if you if you didn't miss it. Go watch it again if you haven't uh, or watch it twice. Um, let me see here. I did. I got a look at Lamelo. I haven't seen him, but thank you, Miles, for the the birthday wishes. I feel like I saw them in there somewhere. Um, but anyway, uh, yes, there's Miles. And uh, I did you see? I, I haven't gotten a chance to get over to the um, to the uh, Charlotte to see what, what Lamelo looks like. I did not see Charlotte. All right, I'm gonna go look at that. But but I, but I, I want to say that like uh, oh Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, he's the guy I think I'm going to have to do a video on. And I'm really mad that I didn't mention him uh, in my uh, Drew Holiday, the Celtics video. And I really should have because I guess I kind of quickly got focused on the two young guys who are going to probably get a, a role as well. Uh, that They're going to need them to, to play well. But but Peyton Pritchard sounds like Delano Delano Banton. No, I, I talked about um, and, you know, Brissett and. Um, well, Peyton. Peyton Pritchard had a huge day because he signed the contract and then had a huge game right after it. He he must have been feeling really well. Yeah, yeah. He signed, he, signed, he signed for thirty million and then he went off. And it's weird because he definitely had um, moments where we know um, that he he was good and he should have been contributing more. It, it's just weird, and I guess it's part of the reason why we, if we're not behind the scenes, we don't have the full picture uh, to understand exactly why pit players are played or not played. But um, a lot of times it just comes out where it's like, why? Why does this guy, you know, he's, he's doing nicely in these moments. And then you're, you just turn away from him and go to like Hauser or anybody else on the bench. And he's just buried there. So I think this is his chance. And he might <coughs> he might be getting a lot of FU buckets out there, but, you know, because he's so mad. Somebody else was like that last year. Uh, do you remember that? And I, I think I even did a video where it was like, um, you know, he never. Oh, I know. It might have been Lonnie. Was it Lonnie Walker? Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Yeah, it might have been him. Like, you know, he's good. He's like been on. Oh, yeah. He came back from an injury and the Lakers didn't put him back in. And then they finally did. And he was killing him in the playoffs. Right. But you can almost feel like it, every bucket he made was like was like a dagger at uh, Darvin Ham for not playing him earlier or putting him back. Um, right, let's right, go right. to. Uh, but let's go to uh, Connor has another uh, super chat. Interestingly enough, in, Can in Canadian dollars, you get two seventy nine. I wonder if this must be the conversion. But thank you, you hoser. I wanted to take a second to tell you about how fun it is to download prize picks and discover how much fun it is by making skill-based real money fantasy sports entries. And best of all, you're only competing with yourself. Prize picks offers frequent discounts, bonuses, and other exciting offers. Players can enjoy community-wide promotions, including Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday. I love that you can choose two or more players from any sport, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. I went bold this weekend by picking Kirk Cousins to throw for more than 275.5 yards, go Vikes, and Justin Fields less than 184.5 yards, bear down. And will add a whole new level to my game-watching experience as I hope some of these guys throw that ball down the field a lot. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash CLNS. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Um, thoughts on Suns versus Nuggets. Who's on top in the West? So, again, like, you know, the, no one's talking about the Nuggets besides maybe the Lakers, right? They're the ones saying, oh, we heard well, they won. Whatever. They won the GM survey, the Nuggets. They did? Yeah, the GMs think they're going to win the West. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they lost Bruce Brown. We talked about that last show uh, a little bit. And, um, you know, and they, who, who do they, do they reload with anybody else? I feel like I, we already asked, answered that and I forgot now. Um, no? They all no. lost Jeff Green, too. Yeah. And, and you know, you can replace, I mean, listen, Jeff Green was nice for them. You could probably replace those kind of minutes. I don't know well, how easy it's going to replace, be a, to replace Bruce Brown. Well, Chris, Christian Brown's going to have to step up. Jamal Murray's going to have to have his first all-star season, I think, during the regular season. Yeah. And Michael Porter Jr. could, like, he was, he was very good in the playoffs, but I think he could still take a leap as a younger player. Yeah. So they have some guys that could, you know, step up and, kind of like fill what it's hard to fill what Bruce Brown did because he was such a unique player the way yeah. he guard multiple positions and play multiple positions on both sides of the floor and the way he opens up things in transition but you know they have multiple guys that could still step up that are still young right I mean you know they're talking about Zeke sorry Zeke friend of the breakdown uh who was actually lighting it up uh at some point from three-point range credit crazy numbers 
and then kind of fell out of the rotation as they got going. But perhaps there's some, been some development there where he can come in as a big guy uh, and space the floor. Uh, as well and then they did bring in Justin Holiday you know you never know a guy like that who's been struggling for a while but it has had some success and is a pro and a vet on that team you know can act could actually find himself uh, a little bit of a role there too where he could be valuable in those you know in, in those kind of Bruce Brown minutes I mean he's not anywhere near Bruce Brown defensively but he might actually have a little bit you know to offer on the offensive end in that same way um, so it'll be interesting to see but again that core of Jamal Murray and Jokic and Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon you know, that's as good as a team that you're going to have. They play together really well, too. I mean, it's not even just like on paper. It's the chemistry that they have. Yeah, the compound effect of everybody. I would say Drew Holiday does a nice job of getting his own shot off. Like, he could get his shot up from three. It's part of the reason why the Lakers brought in D'Angelo Russell. Like, you need guys that could get shots up in the half court. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, I, I wasn't ecstatic with the D'Angelo Russell, like bringing him back even. I felt like, you know, and obviously he played himself out of the rotation by the very end. But we can't forget that there were moments in the playoffs where he really, really helped them. And again, you know, the, the part of the thing about their defense, it, their defense was so good as a whole that if, you know, he's going to be out there and not be uh, like a, a, an amazing defender, that's okay. They were able to handle that. And because of that, he doesn't foul much. Which is, remember, we talked about this last year. It's a yeah. fascinating notion of like a bad defender doesn't foul. So you kind of get a little bit of a benefit from that. And that we saw that the Lakers and the huge foul disparity. And I tried to show, you know, some reasons why it was merited that, that foul disparity and the free throw disparity they had last year. Uh, it won't quiet anybody necessarily from complaining that the, they got a fair, uh, uh, unfair whistle. And, you know, and listen, it, it is possible after the LeBron no call against the Celtics when he went to the hoop and they lost in overtime. Um, you know, it's hard to explain any other way, but uh, I, I tried. <laughs> you can't blame me for trying. It's interesting you say that because one of the lowest IQ things you could do in basketball is foul a guy that has no chance of making that shot. Yeah. Like, that happens pretty often. So I, I do totally agree with you. I see that all the time. Like, a guy's in a position where he can't score and you foul him. It's just terrible. It's, you know, it's not the clock. They can put points on the board and there's no reason for it. Absolutely. Now we do have uh, Kays Kajani. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, there's no question in there, but if you do want, maybe it's for your birth. Maybe it's for your birthday. Oh, okay. I'll take it. A little birthday birthday gift. That'd be nice. Um, I, yeah, it's funny. I'm, so I'm going on this trip, by the way, to help uh, some colleges, you know, uh, learn the chase defense, which I developed, and uh, I'm I'm gonna film the crap out of it. So I got a GoPro. Buddy just lent me, but I got to go to the store and buy some some GoPro uh, accessories that I can mount and hold it. Whatever. Do you have a GoPro? I don't. Oh, okay. I'm excited. I haven't used one before. I'm very excited. So I'll use a 199 for uh, or part of that uh, for uh, for my, my accessories. Uh, Connor is back again. Thank you so much, Connor. With the last <laughs> question, doesn't have to be your last question, Connor. Um, but two man action, Dame and Giannis? Question mark. Um, I, wh it, what's the question in there? Can you help me? I think uh, I think the answer. I think the answer is good. Good. Yes. Perhaps. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I gotta. I can't wait to get on the on the um, synergy and whatever, and just start studying. Uh, you know, uh, Steph and CP3, Damon, Giannis. Uh, certainly want to see Drew out there with the Celtics. All these, uh, you know, whatever. And then obviously we got to figure out what's happening with Harden, who's apparently you know in the practices and playing, and uh, we'll we'll probably get out there for them. But um, I do want to see that because obviously what we would hope to see is some. By the way, do you think that Giannis would be good at? Like flashing to the elbow, Dame passing it to him, and then coming right back for a get action right back to him as a pinch, pinch post. Do you think that Giannis would be good at that? Yeah, I think he would be good at it, and I think he'd be willing to do it just knowing his mentality, whatever it takes to win, you know. So I do believe he could do that. And he, he's a team first guy, so I could totally see it. I mean, he could bring down the ball and, and, you know, run through walls like he always does, or they could you know, play some in different positions now with Dame and everything they have around him, Chris Middleton creating on his own. So it's going to be very interesting. And I would say like the two teams in the East, it does seem like you can never count the heat out are the Celtics and the Bucks. But me personally, and I don't think I'm with the majority here. I have the Bucks over the Celtics. And simply one of the reasons is, is that Dame and Giannis, I believe in them in, as playoff performers more than anybody on the Celtics. Wow. So you believe more than the Jays? Yes. And I love Jalen. I'm not as high on Jason, but, you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, uh, after we saw the last couple of playoffs, yes, there, there's reason to believe that that is. I mean, listen, Damian Lillard is one of the clutchest guys we've seen, you know, in, in, the, in, in, in his era. I mean, I, I can't. There's just time and time and again, he just hits clutch yeah. shots. 
or, you know, over the course of regular season in the playoffs, no matter what. Um, so he's proven himself in my, in my mind on that end. Um, and Giannis, uh, you know, certainly when they won the title, like kind of came through with the free throws and uh, tends to be unstoppable no matter what. Like it's hard to, you, you know, Giannis doesn't necessarily have bad games where like he's off from his outside shot, right? Because he's going to the basket more anyway. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see that. And, I, and by the way, Dame is another one of those guys that sets people up really, really well. It hits them in the pocket on time, on target. So, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see how that will help the, uh, the Bucks. So Dame never been – I mean, they had some playoff runs, but he never been in a true situation where he was on a title contender. And I was talking to a friend who works in the NBA, and I was telling him, like, Dame actually moves better without the ball than people think as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, he could, he could move off the ball and hit threes. People think that that's something he can't do. He definitely could do that. And my friend was telling me that he believes if Dame was on Golden State, Golden State would have the same success as they did with Steph. Do you believe that to be true? Yeah, I, I, he could play a step role without question. He's just a high, a high IQ, understands how to play the game. Yeah, and you can certainly picture plenty of times of him cutting like back door, getting a pass, dunking on guys, yeah. you know, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he certainly knows how to exist in that framework. Uh, and that's that was a mistake that the Warriors made. They, they needed to just have waited. They probably could have been in that in that Dame uh, mix and with the young guys they had and been able to get him. Uh, and I, I think I much rather would see Dame and uh, Steph, even though it's kind of redundant and weird, but it might actually work uh, in those stretches. So, um, yeah, it's too bad. I think I really wish we could have seen that. But nonetheless, uh, you know, him and Giannis is certainly something that's going to be really, really fun to watch. I would like to see Dame set up all screen for Giannis. That would be interesting, too. Yeah, I mean, we see Jokic, Jamal Murray do that. Why not? Yeah, for sure. Um, now, thoughts on the Sacramento Kings this year? Thank you. Thank you, uh, Kais Kajani. So there's the uh, super chat. Thank you. Uh, and uh, forgive me if it's Kais or Kais. I don't know. Uh, how, how would you say that? How would you pronounce that? Kais? Kais. I don't know. Could be Kais. I don't know. Boston Sacramento Kings, what do you think uh, this year? Yeah, I like everything they do. They brought the big man from overseas, which you did a video on. Yeah. Uh, people are calling him one of the best shooters in the world. So... We will see what develops with that. Well, it's interesting, Vizenkov. You know, he's got an interesting form. Um, you know, he likes to hop into his shot, which I like. But it's, um, yeah, it, it's weird because, like, he wins MVP of the EuroLeague playing like a role player in the, in the NBA. <coughs> you know, what probably makes it makes sense when you've been in your experience around the EuroLeague. You can see how that happens that way because there just isn't a lot of guys who are going to play hero ball, right, and, and do that successfully in the EuroLeague. So, uh, but if you're talking about a guy – that knows how to fit into the Princeton actions that they run. I mean, this guy's perfect for it. He's, he's, you know, still in his prime. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, defensively could be an issue for him. Um, you know, I don't know how they're going to manage that across with Sabonis and what the lineups are, but it certainly just gives Mike Brown more ammunition. And I would say that, you know, the only issues they might've had in the playoffs were probably, you know, experienced to some degree at that level. So yeah. they have it and they've gotten it and they're going to be able to continue that this year. Um, I, I would think they're going to be even, even tougher uh, of an out this year. And, and I would expect them to be, let's see, they finished um, uh, third last year. I mean, that's a tough way to – that's tough. I don't know if they're going to finish third again this year, but certainly they should be third, fourth. They could do that again and, and, and be right there with the home court advantage in the first round. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that's doing it the right way, and they have a young team with a, guy, a lot of guys who could still get better. De'Aaron Fox could still get even better. I think Sabonis was actually hurt last year. He wasn't yeah. – able to even shoot the basketball as good as he could shoot the basketball. He was a little bit hesitant because he was in pain. Keegan Murray is very young. He can oh, get better. Murray. Yeah, so I mean, they got other guys off the bench as well that are young. So they're doing things the right way. I think they play modern basketball, quick basketball, and they just got to keep going at it year after year and not do anything too drastic because I like their core. Well, you know, the irony that we're calling it modern basketball is that they really uh, their their half court offense is rooted in the '60s Celtics, what they used to do, and then into the Princeton offense later, really. So, but you're you're mixing the modern uh, techniques and and uh, skills with the the the, the patterning uh, movement patterns that we had back then, which is you know they were very smart back then. Not yeah. too much ball, not too much ball stopping is what I meant. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And there was never that much ball stopping even back then. You know, in Princeton, yeah. they didn't want you to. Um, but they didn't they didn't shoot it off the dribble like they did back then. They didn't dribble as well back yeah. then and stuff. They didn't skip pass like they used to like they do now. So you, when you start mixing all together, now you really see this offense for what it could be. Um, you know, we see that with Miami does it to some degree. We see the the Warriors, we see the Kings. 
I, I kind of wish we could continue to spread more. Everyone runs their own like pistol action, which is sort of rooted in all that too. But uh, it would be nice to see a lot more like dead actions, handoffs, give and goes, back doors, uh, high post flashing, all those things that were so a staple of you know the game. That I got to make a video on, on offense back in the 30s and 40s. I got to get some footage out and do it because it, it would look like the, the what the Globetrotters do now in a way. In fact, the Globetrotters, someone had mentioned them in the comments earlier. The Globetrotters, uh, I'm convinced you could run not quite the magic circle thing, not the magic circle, but you know the weave they do on the top? Man, weave, you yeah. could probably do some version of that in a real game and, and just kill teams, and it would be fun. In Europe, they had certain offenses like that, where it would start with like three passes at the beginning and get guys moving. Yeah, you know? yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, and the, but like, you know how they, you know, I, got, I did a, a video with them where it's like it's four guys just sprinting, sprinting in a, in a figure eight pretty much, and the high post, and then they'll throw it, and they kick it back, and they throw and you know, they're almost not even looking to score just yet. And um, meanwhile, the defense cannot, you know, can't keep up. Mis I might teach that. It's all, it's all misdirection at the end of the day, right? And yeah. also, another guy who, like, broke the game wide open for them last season was Kevin Herter with his movement shooting fits that system so well. So they Absolutely. got a lot of young guys that could, you know, really take another leap this season. And the compound effect of that, with Sabonis being healthy in the playoffs, they could be dangerous. Yeah, and, and Herter was the guy I was thinking about who just needed that seasoning. He had already played in the playoffs before, right. but um, I just felt like this is his, his most full, complete role he'd had on a team uh, and the pressure on. And, you know, he just needed to learn from that, and I, I suspect that he'll be better for the, this year. Um, you know, and there, there are those teams that they might take their lumps in the playoffs and, and have a shot and seize the light at the end of the tunnel and then sort of transform the next year. So we'll see if Mike Brown can keep that going as well. Um, you know, I, I'm excited. The only other guy that popped up in my timeline yet this morning was um, Jaime Jaquez. He's really good. So I, I have to apologize, I guess, to my buddy Jason, who is a UCLA alum and had been touting him for four years. And I've been trying to tamp down his, his uh, expectations for four years, saying he's just not going to be able to do that in the NBA. He won't even get drafted. He won't. This is not going to happen. And, and, you know, he 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 got drafted. Right. Uh, or was he signed? And he's in a great situation with the heat. Yeah, let me look real quick. Um, let's see what was his. He's gonna be a good player. He's you know he's gonna just be one of those winning players, you know. Yeah, he was drafted in the first round. Forgive me, the 18th. So I was like already surprised by that. Although again, he had a pretty good or very good career in for four years. But usually the four year players get stigmatized. They don't get drafted in the first round. But um, but he he's shown out a lot more athletic ability than we had seen at UCLA. And I mean, he got a nice post up last night with a, all that footwork we've seen from him in the past. That was the thing I didn't think he's going to get. Now, again, once they get all the guys healthy and then whatever, um, is he going to get an opportunity? But at the very least, they lost two starters. I guess if you want to put uh, Struess as a starter or not because of the injury to Hero, either way, two major minute players are gone and they didn't really sign anybody. So those are open minutes for him. He, he could easily. Take, handle that and since he's a four-year player in the in, in college he's already seasoned to the point where uh he can come in right away and help him if i'm the blazers i look to acquire him for malcolm brogdon maybe him and jovich for a player that could help the heat right now interesting if you're the blazers you do um jovich and who Hakez? yeah i mean i don't know if the heat would do it but i think malcolm could help them right now uh he's not drew holiday and he's definitely not dane but he's a good player you know, sixth man of the year. Um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I Listen, I love Rodden. I think, uh, you know, either way, I, maybe, yeah, they, and they have some time. They could give Jaquez uh, um, uh, six weeks to see it, what he, how he shapes up. And if he continues what we've seen so far, then they won't, maybe they won't need to, uh, you know, bring him in, you know, whatever. I, we'll see. I think the Blazers, because they have these, like, younger, really talented players, Jaquez would be a really nice guy for them who's, you know, he's a more mature, younger player that still fits their timeline, but just, you know, great for the locker room. Looks like he's going to be a winning NBA player with maybe not the talent that some of those other guys have, but I think it's a nice balance. Right. Wait, did you mention the GM uh, uh, poll? Earlier? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, because I believe uh, Spolstra is way up at the top on all the coaching metrics. I mean, that that's that's obvious, I think. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And, and, and I might have even forgotten it. And then what we saw last year in the playoffs, uh, I thought really – you know, uh, just made it clear, uh, you know, especially against the Celtics, um, how good he is and what, and what he can do to help his team in those situations to get to another level, you know. And, and by the way, it's really sad. Again, I was watching uh, Jimmy in the earlier rounds uh, for whatever reason, looking at clips, 
uh, and then you then you picture him in the finals. You know, it's too bad that something happened. He broke down. He was, he was it. He was injured. He was injured. Yeah. And, and, and it was a much different thing uh, outcome. I think. As much fun as it is to talk about, you know, all this stuff that we could project to happen in the playoffs and in the finals, it all comes down to health at the end of the day. As I was talking about with Sabonis, he was hurt. Jimmy was hurt after that ankle injury against the Knicks. I think the Celtics, like Porzingis' health, is going to be key for them. So it really just all depends on health at the end of the day. But for us, we have to talk about things, so we can't just like mention that every single time, right? It's there's no fun in that. So I guess when we're talking, we just have to think about every team in full health, and there's really that's no how other. I usually, that's yeah. how I usually do it, unless it's a yeah. player that's just struggled for years to to stay yeah. healthy. Uh, I really like to pre just prefer to imagine that they will be healthy and they'll manage it properly. And if they twist the ankle, whatever, it'll be back in a few weeks or that whole thing. So, uh, yeah, you got to You got to hope that that happens, because otherwise we get these, you know, mid January games where no one wants to watch them. And, I, you know, and then the other or we even get the, the mid, you know, November games somebody wants to watch, uh, which is why they have this in season tournament now, which will you know uh, cover a few weeks of the season. Uh, and before it culminates in Vegas to the final four of that, which would be really interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how that will play out. I think it will add some excitement into the beginning of the year that they've been missing. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We do have another super chat. Connor, thank you. Connor's back. And don't forget, if you want your question answered, this is the best way to do it. Super chat. Thank you. Thank you, Connor. Um, will the Raptors be relevant in the next decade? Um, that's an interesting question. What do you think? Not looking good right now. They're like in uh, middle ground, which is never good. They have to uh, yeah, either, they, they either have to acquire somebody or bottom out. Uh, I, I'm anxious to see what, how what like what the European influence is um, on on uh, on the Raptors because it, it could be a whole new level where they play differently. I mean, I don't know. He's been here already uh, with the G League before that, but it's but he does have all his, his uh, European roots. So there might be a whole new, you know, because, you know, European teams play a lot differently and it could catch people off guard uh, defensively, um, you know, and we've been waiting kind of for OG to take that next step, you know, from just, you know, one of the top defenders in the league and, you know, good, this three and D guy to maybe something more, probably Siakam too. We've been waiting for him to make another jump. So, you know, they lost Fred Van Vliet though, which is going to be a, a hole they have to fill. So I, I don't know if they're going to be relevant. I mean, relevant would be they get to the conference finals, right? That's that's relevant. Well, relevant in general terms would be like being a contender, right? Or no, that's not that. It's, it's, I mean, I almost feel like let's just pretend they, they were doing awesome and they, um, you know, and they were like third in the conference for all year long. They still might not get a lot of love from people until like, you know, they would go deeper in the playoffs and then establish that. Yeah, Toronto, I mean, for the simple reason they don't exist in our country, they're outside of our country. I mean, I think that it's harder for them to stay relevant. They have to be like super good, right? For them to be well, relevant. Just, everyone, I think, has to be super good to be relevant in theory, right? No Lakers relevant always, not super good last year before they made all those trades. Uh, interesting. Okay, you think they were, you thought they're relevant before the trades anyway? Yeah, everybody. Well, they have LeBron. LeBron is his own media market, so yeah. So that might be an interesting case. Yeah. Uh, other than that, though, yeah, I mean, I would imagine, yes, for Toronto, because like, it's going to be very difficult for them to sign free agents who want to go there uh, for a lot of reasons, taxes and, and whatnot, and just being way up there. Uh, although Toronto is an amazing city. Like, it would be a great place to live. And I think when they get there, people actually really like like it, and they realize it's a really cool place to live. But, you know, it, it takes a leap, and you got to get somebody over there first. Um, but uh, so, so I don't know. I mean, they, I, it seems like they're going to have to – you know, right, bottom out, get a, a really great draft pick, pair them hopefully with the guys they still have, and then they can, might be able to do something. But that would take – that's a three-year plan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. tough. They're in, that, they're in that middle ground that the Pacers were in for a while, but now the Pacers are going in the other direction. Jarris Walker had a really nice preseason game. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton is one of the best point guards in the league, and they're looking like they're on the way up and not 
in that middle ground with Miles Turner and everybody else that they have, even though they might be, it seems like they might be moving off Buddy Heald eventually. That'll be it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, listen, I, I, it's funny because it's, I'm trying to picture Carlisle like agreeing to a trade that would make them worse to bring more assets in just because Carlisle's in a situation in his career where I don't think he wants to tank or deal with that. And, and he, he hasn't he, been. He hasn't been, you know. Right. And he, and he knows yeah. that Buddy is a guy that would, you know, would help them. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, so we'll have to see. Because, yeah, are, are the Pacers the same kind of team like uh, the Thunder where they might, you know, um, you know, surprise people in the East who had sort of assumed they're going to make the playoffs and then the Pacers come out of nowhere? I don't know. I mean, you know, they have a lot of great pieces that are very intriguing and they have Carlisle. So those are those are things that are should yield, you know, playing over their head and maybe winning more than we think. Yeah, I, I, they're doing things the right way. You know, they never like the heat went by this. The heat go by this format. They never want to bottom out, even though years before they were, they had no chance of winning a championship. There are years that nobody th even thinks they have a chance to win a championship and they get far. So they're never trying to bottom out. It's a, it's a different way to do things. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you, Mikey Famine for the, uh, the, for the happy birthday wish and Martian, Mar Martian Murray. I appreciate it. That's great. Look, Martian Murray, I got that right. All right, thank you so much for the birthday wishes. Uh, yeah, you know, it's nice to have, it's the one day of the year I actually check my Facebook account. Oh, yeah, you. a lot of people are hitting you up out there. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of people are hitting you up out there. On my birthday to, to thank everybody on, uh, for, on Facebook for the happy birthday. Uh, and then, Connor, uh, again, Connor, listen, you've been a, a rock star today. Thank you so much for all the super chats. Uh, and the uh, and answering questions, no problem. That's why we're here. And then thanks for the happy birthday wishes. Well, listen, it wouldn't be a live show without a super chat from your friend and mine, Bron. Bron, thank you so much out there again for another Canadian. Uh, happy birthday, coach. Thank you. A bit off topic, but what do you think about Marine Johannes's one-legged and off-balance shooting? So I am upset because somebody, I was going through my freaking Instagram messages from like months and months and months ago, and someone had already told me about her shooting these. I said, <laughs> I, think I said you, that, Coach Nick, I said you that. That was from you? No. Check your DMs. Somebody else did you then, too. I'm not, do, you have a, do you have a burner? No, one-two combo, O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-N-B-O. Because maybe I was just kind of so quickly reading the messages I didn't realize it was you. Um, I'm going to look and I'll have to find it. Um, wait, is it you? Oh, no, no. Oh, I'm talking about months ago. You didn't send that. You just sent it to me recently, right? Oh, okay. I'm talking about months and months and months ago. Somebody was like, you got to check this out. So I really mad I wanted to be on top of that. But uh, again, she did it off the left foot going to the left uh, on, the, on the left <laughs> wing. Um, I, I was playing around that as well and felt like it was not hard to keep it straight, even though you're drifting. So there's something about like, obviously your right hip and your right elbow are already in line because you're going to your left uh, helps that. Whereas if you're going to go to your right and, you, you know, again, I don't think you can go off the, the right foot going to your right. That just seems to be a little bit too hard. You could go off the right foot going to the left and still sort of maintain it. But again, it seems to be slightly more, you know, comfortable when you go off your left foot and right hand. But uh, I love it. I think it's a perfect example of why that shot's viable as if someone's chasing you around. And um, it will be a thing. Don't, you know, five years from now, whatever it's going to be, you're going to see more and more players year over year shooting it. And I will be the one who told everybody about it. Okay. Or kind of. I mean, listen, we got to give um, Juan Carlos Navarro. I think he was the guy that was doing it maybe the, about, the earliest. How about combo? Like 75% of his IG posts are one-legged threes. So Really? All right. I, you know what? Not, I got to. Of, of the posts that I've posted me playing. Yeah, a lot of them. All right. So, um, well, there you go. So, uh, well, I love it. And, uh, I, I mean, I was supposed to be in Germany uh, earlier this year and talk to a guy, Tomas, uh, I forgot his last name, who also does them a lot in, in his league. And uh, I'm going to get out there at some point and figure that out and, uh, and talk to those guys to figure out, A, how they develop it, and B, what, what are the tricks to it? Because there's probably some interesting stuff in there. But And, again, when we practice a lot with my guys uh, on finishing, we work a lot on late gathers which means that as you're dribbling, you want to gather on the same step that you're jumping off of. And that also leads a little bit into that sort of uh, one-legged threes, which catches the person off guard. And because you're going off of one foot like that, you don't need to dip as much in that way where I've taught off the dribble dips before on a one-two. This one, you don't. You can just snatch it and shoot it in the one motion because you have all that uh, energy generating from the actual floating of the shot. So uh, lots to explore out of this, and, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's a great well, shot. You, I, think, I think it becomes a trend, like how the step back has been a trend, you know? 
Yeah, right. I mean, I can remember the floater being a trend that no one, you know, I didn't want to teach this yeah. floater 10 years ago. So look at how we keep developing. Uh, another super chat. Thank you so much from Van Hoot, 2234. And all the Canadians, it must be uh, <laughs> a day off in Canada. I don't know. Uh, oh, yours is tomorrow. Well, happy birthday to a fellow Libra, Van Hoot. Uh, your new method of defense reminds me of how Thibault used to defend from behind with his hands thoughts. So in my video, I was kind of got into a hurry where, uh, of getting the video out, and I forgot that I had the three or four clips of Thibault doing it. So absolutely, I texted him. If you're watching, Matisse, please um, text me back. Uh, I want to talk to you about this because I think you'd love it. And, um, and, uh, I, I, but there's no question that not only does Thibault like to play behind, I think he was you know, uh, in coordination with MB um, to know to be in the position to drop uh, whenever that happened. But he uses offensive footwork on defense to contest shots from behind. That's the next level we got to explore a lot more of all the drops and splits that we do to attack on the catch on offense. And we need to do the same thing on defense and get away from the step slides and the choppy step closeouts and all that stuff. And um, that sort of goes into where my uh, my defense uh, plays into as well because um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot the crap out of the uh, out of the you know the. Baptist Bible College, I'll be there uh, this week, and then I'll be at Queens College in New York. So I'm going to have lots of footage. I'm going to maybe create a video that we could, you know, have a definitive chase defense, you know, explainer. But um, what it does is it opens up the defense to just run and, and, and unlock your athletic ability and and take away that fear of, like, getting beat up the dribble, you know, and people maybe play that, that way. Yeah. They might get this. We get rid of that fear. It's not there anymore. You're trying to get behind uh, as, as quickly as possible. So – that your teammates can support you. you have, there's more trust involved, which I think will bleed into your man-to-man -man defenses. So, um, yeah. What, what, what's going on? You're looking at something very intently, and that makes me oh. wonder what yeah. <laughs> I was letting you go, right. Coach Nick. Your camera is on, and we can see you. <laughs> In oh, case okay. you're um, all right, so that's so um, so yeah. So I cannot wait uh, to see how the chase defense, you know, as the teams are going to start playing it. There's a guy uh, already playing it in Scotland, uh, Scotland, not Scotland. Yeah, in Scotland, uh, it's several games, and it's been killing teams, and it's been so exciting to watch because they're still developing it, and they're still learning how to play it better and better, and uh, it's causing so much havoc. Uh, and in case you missed it, you go back and watch that video too. It's the uh, maybe I'll just call it the chase defense in the title now because it's, it's time. But um, but basically, we you know it's a zone defense designed to play behind the ball and cause all amount of havoc, and uh, it's been it's been incredible. I've done. 50 zooms with coaches all around the world in the last three or three or four weeks. Let me ask you a question, coach. Nick, did Matisse inspire you to, for this kind of defense or it was a thought you know, before you seen him join the, it? The initial inspiration was just looking at the, um, um, the offensive ratings year over year for decades. It just continues to go up. So my thought was then, well, we, what we're doing on defense doesn't work. You know, we need something radical. And then I remembered how Utah guarded um, James Harden in the playoffs in 2019. Earlier that year, uh, the Bucks did it too, like like three quarters to the side of him, almost behind, with Rudy Gobert yeah. and Utah containing, and Brook Lopez containing on the on, for the Bucks. So um, I remembered that, and then I remembered a defense I had ran uh, that was a little like uh, I, I ran the Amoeba defense, but I had a really big center one year. I didn't want them to be closing out, so we ran. Somebody had told me about the point zone that Dean Smith had invented in the 80s. So I, I kind of remembered that. I took a little bit of that, took a little bit of the amoeba, and we kind of mixed it all together. And then, you know, just said, why, why play three quarters behind? Let's just go all the way behind. And then what you realize is you can't set a ball screen. So all ball screens are gone pretty much. And then um, you really can't – you're not going to shoot a three off the dribble with somebody breathing down your neck, I don't think. And a lot of the closeouts we have to get behind are probably going to thwart a lot of the catch-and-shoot shots that people think are open. But because of the footwork – you're not slowing down. There's no choppy step thing where they like that and they shoot over you. Uh, that you're, you're getting there on at full speed and doing a hockey stop behind, and so and suddenly some of those uh, catch and shoot threes don't feel so open. I would save some of your defense for these colleges. I would save some of it for the postseason to give because it's a completely different look, and that often works when you Ooh. do that. You know. Yeah, I mean that's true, but Isn't you also want to want to have it. You, know, <laughs> you need some reps in games, right? That's true. That's true. Well, in practice, you could rep it out. Yeah, but you got to have it. And you got to play in some games too. But you know, it's okay. But I hear you. But certainly, me, you know. But yeah. Me, uh, and, and by the way, there are some things that really, really worry me about that offenses could do. I ain't going to tell anybody what they are. I mean, I tell the coaches who are working on the defense to be prepared for that. But uh, 
But, uh, you know, there are some things. And, and by the way, there are some things that you can do against any defense uh, that you could be worried about. But, um, yeah. Uh, and then thank you, Ellie Bosch. It's a chess match at the, other, at the other day. What's that? What did you say? It's a chess match at the end of the day. Chess match, absolutely. So It's a chess match at the end of the day. From Melbourne, Australia, for the very early morning uh, birthday wishes. I really appreciate it. We've got another super chat. Here we go. Let's do it. Uh, from Blorange Tears. Thank you so much, Blorange. How come you guys don't mention our New York Knicks? <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, this is Uncle Freezy from Blorange Tears. Happy birthday. Thank you so much, Uncle Freezy. Um, <laughs> you know what? Why don't we mention the damn Knicks? Uh, it took a super chat to get us to do that. Um, what are your thoughts? You are right in the heart of, uh, of the New York metropolitan area. I feel like people think that a lot of this depends on RJ Barrett because Julius Randle is who he is. Jalen Brunson been so great. So how much of a leap is he going to take? I believe that the expectations for RJ Barrett are so high and he might not ever be that player that Knicks fans hope, hope he will be. But the guy that could actually help them take that leap is Emmanuel Quickly, who has some interesting numbers as a young player, even though he's not consistent yet. So, I mean, they're an interesting team. I never liked the way Tibbs played offense. Sometimes you really don't even know what they're doing on offense. And I think they need to bring in Jay Wright as the new head coach of the New York Knicks, oh, wow. the Nova Knicks, since they have so many players. Well, right. Might as well. Nova. That's interesting. I mean, was that, was, was that, did I come in hot? Did I, did I come in hot? Did I, come in I didn't hot have. I didn't have lighting tips on fire on my bingo card this morning, but um, you know maybe they have them in the back pocket in their back pocket, and like you know in case things go go south in the beginning of the year and they don't need to make a change. But I and I don't see that happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, they they blew the window on trading um, both um, R.J. Barrett and um, oh my goodness gracious, you know, lefty big guy. This is my brain. Why is my brain Harnstein? Uh, no, their biggest, the biggest score, uh, Randall. Thank you. Um, oh. you know, Randall could have been traded at the height of his, you know, value a couple of years ago and stuff like that. But they have what they have. Uh, Quentin Grimes, love him. I'm like, he's on my favorite players list too. Like, I would love to have a team that has like um, Quentin Grimes on it. And um, uh, from the from the Kings, um, we already talked about him. God damn it, Fox. No. You know, the other young guys who just like Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray, Murray. Thank you. Like th those two guys would be a great cornerstones to have as like, you know, obviously if we put them alongside, you know, a star, but those are the kind of guys I love, uh, you know, who can, who are just tough as nails can shoot. So um, they, they have pieces. They, they were fifth in the East. They, they, you know, were able to beat Cleveland. Uh, they got out coached in the second round against Spolster in the heat. So that's probably their ceiling, right? And I think that, yeah, R.J. Barrett's the guy that you could kind of upgrade, unfortunately. I don't know if he's just going to get beyond what he is. Um, and, and it's not bad. You know, they're, they're, he's got ability. But at some point, it's the it's the Randall-Barrett duo that I, I'm concerned about. And if there's ever value for them, I would really look at, you know, pulling off a, a trade. And Randall could also help people, too. That He could help a good team uh, somewhere else. So, um, you know, but, but, you know, they have – there there's an excitement to them certainly uh brunson has has reignited something there in the garden that 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 is really great and uh and he really is just such a great player too i, I love watching brunson again the best post-up player in the league at the, and probably the shortest yeah it's true do you think he's a better post-up player than Embiid and Jokic? no he's not a better place post-up player than Jokic. Well, he, he, I don't know, man. He's got the, the some of the best footwork and shiftiness. You know, Embiid hasn't really – I feel like I hadn't seen a really good dream shake, you know, stuff like Embiid used to do more of. Maybe last year he got broken down a little bit. But uh, – and Jokic, it's not like nah, he's he, got uh, – what? He'll punish you in the post. He'll punish you, and he loves those elbows, and he's got beautiful touch without question. And he got the runners too. But I, I don't know if we see a lot of like, you know, of that – you know, when you watch Brunson, man <laughs> – Guys are like he's breaking. What's the equivalent of breaking ankles in the post? That's what he's doing. Uh, well, he's he he's a little. For, he's almost in between mid range and all the way at the basket with the post work, right? Like he's kind of in that in between area. But and it's also at the end of a drive, so it's not like he's yeah, five yeah. dribbles backing you down. It's end of a drive, then he turns into a post up, which again is awesome. I just love all of Luca's that. Luca's really good at it too, actually. Uh, yeah. Okay, Luca might be up there too uh, yeah. as well. I think we at least have one American in that in that mix. Um, but um. 
at any rate, yeah. So so I, it's it's a fun team. And again, the question is, can can Tibbs smile a little bit? You know, can he inject a little bit of that energy into it? Because otherwise, he's just a uh, you know a cloud that's raining on them wherever they walk. Like uh, Linus, I don't know who was it in the peanuts that has the cloud over his head all the time. That's him. Um, Josh Hart's another really good. He's like a New York guy. Oh. Like he he's a re- he like just fits the New York culture so well. Right. Yeah. Um, so absolutely. I, yeah. I'll never forget the day Josh Hart was traded uh, because I was in Portland right there. Um, okay. Alan Tran, we have another uh, super chat. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. And as we start to wrap this up, because guess what? I have another Zoom chat to do with another coach uh, on my defense. Uh, Alan asks, thank you, Alan. Between Adrian Griffin, Nick Nurse, and Frank Vogel, which coach will have the easiest transition with their new team who will have the hardest time? So I would think that maybe I, I might go with, wow, well, Nick Nurse might be the guy who has the hardest time because he's got to deal with the whole James Harden saga, right? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, he kind of, like, got himself into a pickle. You know what, though? Like, James Harden's creativity and Nick Nurse's creativity might be a nice blend if they actually ever got it together. But we all know that um, James Harden probably won't be there for the long term. We're going to have to see how this plays out. Will he actually play a preseason game? Will he actually play a regular season game? He's there working hard on his individual skills before the games. Yeah, I, I hear you. Now, uh, so so that one might be the hardest in terms of the management of the egos and the players and that whole thing. Uh, Adrian Griffin will probably have the smoothest thing because I just feel like Dame and Giannis, you know, they, they, they will – they're leaders. They're they are going to make they'll have help make it smooth out for him as welcoming him into there. And then Frank Vogel will have probably the most difficult time X's and O's wise to figure out how to get these guys to play together somehow uh, cohesively on an offense. So that might be so that each one has their own challenges. But Adrian Griffin has the easiest time, I think, of all of them. I would right? agree. I would agree. Yeah, and I think you know, and I think Nick Nurse is the hardest for one reason. But Frank Vogel will have it also pretty difficult because uh, new new players, new coach, and, and again, you're going to try and jam, you're jamming four guys into uh, uh, square into a hole or whatever that analogy is, and um, it's going to be difficult. And again, and Vogel is also probably more focused on the defense at this point. So we'll see how that all plays out. I'm anxious to see how the Suns come because I, I think people might be half forgetting about them a little bit and sort of not realizing that there is a ceiling for them that's pretty darn high. There is. I mean, I think the Grayson Allen acquisition was really important for them. Just another good basketball player to have on the court. Um, yeah. Eric Gordon is a guy who's older now, but he really fits with what they do well. I mean, in this preseason game, they went off in that first quarter, and they have some spacing that we haven't seen since the likes of prime Golden State with all that shooting around them, right? Yeah. Well, let's not forget the Cavs did the same thing. They added um... – uh, Nyang and Struess, I believe, right? Yeah, and Watanabe is another guy for the Suns, right? Oh, Watanabe and the Suns, yeah. So yeah. some shooters moved around a little bit here to add some spacing alongside some good players, uh, and that's really, really going to be important for them as well. So, yeah, th- th- I'm anxious to see how this all works out uh, with all that. I mean, listen, um, yeah, th- there's a, there's more and more shooters, I feel like, now in the league that can that can spread the floor at, at various positions and so and that'll just continue to keep going up until we get to the ultimate the the future of basketball which will be five 40 percent three-point shooters at the same time and just spreading the, the floor even farther analytics and Steph curry have changed the game my question to you is do you feel because i feel this way that maybe the greatest shooters aren't as great as they used to be but the bottom end of shooting is better than it like the average shooter is a lot better than it used to be right it's just gotta be now that said the average shooter back in the day in the 80s you know the motion is still the same for the most part the, the coaching just wouldn't allow more threes so no i think i think there was more unique forms back then there was more like oh i never seen that before you see less of that now i feel like everybody maybe. shoots more or less more similar than they used to that's interesting. Uh, okay, and, and part of that has to do with the mid-range, where you can make shots with interesting forms in the mid-range. Remember where... Michael Adams? Like, they had, like, guys like that who would just shoot. Like, we never yeah. seen anything like this before. Yeah, Adams was pretty gross. But, again, Adams is also you know, very unique as well. Sorry. He was friend. an all-star. He was an all-star, by the way. He was awesome. He was like a water bug, just so quick and yeah, so aggressive. Yeah. But he he had a double pump uh, under his chin shot. But yeah. um, so, so there's something to that. You're yeah. right. And I think that's part of it is we finally learn how to teach shooting properly. 
So that the rhythm part that we had never understood going back in the day because we didn't think about having to shoot from that far. Uh, now that that's gotten bled, bled into the game and the 10-year-olds from 10 years ago are now in the league, uh, it, you know, the, the thing that we haven't seen bear out, though, is the average three-point percentage has simply never gone up. And that's the thing I want to start seeing. But what is absolutely what is absolutely properly mean? Like what we think we're always going to look 20 years back and say that wasn't proper. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because somebody actually asked me the other day when talking about the climate change. So we look back at, at like science. Oh, where, did, where, where did I take this conversation? Well, let me just say this. <laughs> we look back 2,000 years ago. We look back at scientists and they were like, they didn't know anything, right? Right. So the question is, is 2,000 years from now, are they going to look back at our era and think, gosh, they didn't know anything? And uh, it's hard to 100%. picture that right? because we have learned so much and we are pretty modern, right? But obviously they're going to have space travel, whatever. It's going to be insane. But uh, yeah, so there's, that, that probably is right as far as, you know, but it's hard to imagine 20 years from now, they're going to figure out even better ways to, to shoot the ball. Like, you know, if it's anywhere near what we're doing now, it just, right? Well, I think there's even from what we know now, there's even a lot left on the table for a lot of players. So why not? But, but, the, but the, the motion is, is very similar as it's been since the 50s, pretty much. So that's the question. Okay. What we've unlocked is alignment and we've unlocked, unlocked better rhythm. Um, and then, and that, that has cured a lot of the hitches and the elbow and all that stuff that we've seen. I, but I think we, we took out the word form for like everything was more rigid and form based. And now it's more about flow. Yeah. Okay. So, so again, I, God, can you continue 20 years more developing that? I, I guess. And then, and then is 50% going to be elite from three point shooting and 40% is going to be average. Maybe. Well, they'll, they'll change. If it gets that crazy, there'll be a tipping point and they'll change the rules somehow. Right. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or change the court. Well, we, okay. We got I got to wrap this up, but we have, um, Blorange cheers. Thank you again, uh, for another super chat. Very generous of you. Wow. Thank Thanks. You. Coach and combo. We think quickly and Grimes can be the missing piece. I, I agree. I mean, I'm it's the quickly it's his year. It's quickly his year to finally, uh, put his stamp on the game and, and establish himself as that guy we've been waiting for. Wait, what, one quick, one quick, um, one quick, quickly stat. Hold on one second. It's not so quick. Yeah, I know it's not, but I have it right here. Don't worry. All right, here we go. One, over his first three years in the league, IQ is one of just four players in NBA history to tally a total of at least 700 rebounds, 600 assists, and 400 made three-pointers while posting a true shooting percentage above 55%. The other three players in this club are Damian Lillard, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic. Wow. So I guess the rebounding gets him uh, into a setting where Steph is not in that. Yeah, I feel like he always gets these rebounds away from the basket, from his hustle. Like, it's not like he's he's boxing out, but he's, like, finding the um, garbage rebounds, like the long rebounds, I always feel like. That's what I picture in my head when I see it. All right. Well, we, all right, we got uh, – I hear it. We got one more super chat after you wrap up and zip. But uh, thank you for all the great birthday wishes, everybody out there. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and let's let's have another great season on YouTube with all the videos. I'd love to have you guys come back and flock. And, and if you're not subscribed, you probably are if you're watching this. But subscribe or resubscribe or hit those whatever, you know, uh, whatever thing. I would like to see my subscriber numbers go up. You know, the views keep going up, but the subscribers don't. I don't know if it matters, but it would be nice, to, you know, just to get to 900 or a million. Uh, all right. Pookie, thank you so much. Pookie, Pookie. Thoughts on Portland's backcourt? They seem to have some good trade pieces. Wait, wait, what, what, what thing? Sorry, is that Pookie from New Jack City? There's no picture with his uh, things we don't know, but maybe. All right, go ahead, um, Coach. Now, you are aware that New Jack City is a movie. It's not real. Well, it's real to me. Okay. Also, can you see Thibault carving out minutes? I think he can be a valuable contributor. So let's go back. Thibault absolutely should be getting minutes uh, wherever he is because he's a, he is a, a, the best one of the best defenders, I think, in the league. And I, I, I'm hoping that he got some work on the three-point shot. They're going to be wide open for him for at least half the season until he starts making them. Um, so I, I would anticipate him being able to be that guy in the corner that does a little bit of spacing and they have to pay attention to him. Now, we love what's going on in the backcourt, right, with Portland. I love Simons and um, Scoot. I think that would be a great backcourt to develop and let them go. Um, so I'm, I'm, I cannot wait to see that. And in fact, you know what? You, you put them together and they start playing well sooner than later. And then you have, uh, you know, right now, they have Robert Williams, who's apparently healthy. And they have Aiden. Like, you have a team that could, that could compete every night. Yes, they do. And I don't see why Simons would be a trade piece. Right. They're not going to trade Simons. Yeah. Brogdon, for sure. And, and, and Williams or or Aiden, one of those two. I mean, Brogdon's a no-brainer. Like, I think any GM 
who was in this situation with Portland would be looking to move Brogdon for some younger pieces that could help him in the future. I mean, but imagine, like, imagine Brogdon and Williams. So they package that, like they could, they could get a haul for that. There, there well, are just, well, teams. they just signed Williams, right? That's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so did way. you did you see like what could have happened with that Dave thing? So Dave like almost looked out for Williams. I didn't, but we don't. I don't have time for you to. Okay. Okay, never mind. Next time. All right. Got to go. I got to start uh, Zoom in a minute. But anyhow, well, thank you so much for all the Super Chats out there. Let's just go through it real quick and give everyone a shout out here. Uh, Connor, multiple times. Thank you so much. Case, guys, um, Bron, Dan Hoot, Vlorange, Ellen, Pookie. Thank you so much for all the Super Chats and everybody else. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, and at Combo, as always, great to have you on the show and joining me. And I will see you in person. So we'll... Uh, We'll chop it up uh, somehow when we're there uh, together. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, the B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. 